Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, we are going to do something that I've not done very often, which is pick up a second part of a two-part series. I'm going to call today's show, Slow is Fast, Fast is Slow, How to Start New Projects 2. Now, why am I doing that? Well, because I bit off more than I could chew. Concept I wanted to cover was tied together. It is tied together neatly into this concept that you should really approach brand new projects, something you don't know how to do in a certain manner. And I came up with three examples of what I'd done in the last year uh, where I'd run into this. And uh, I just gave you a brief overview of each of them yesterday. I could not go into detail. In fact, in one of them where there was some very important points I wanted to get across, I didn't have the time to get them across. So I apologize. If you listen to yesterday's show, then you'll be able to find the original material. And today I'm going to brief over some of what I covered yesterday to get to more intimate detail of what I was trying to get across to you. So yesterday I broke it down into three projects that I had started. The first one was a bridge. The second one was buying grocery stores for the first time ever. And the third one was buying tools, industrial tools. And there's a lot to learn in each one of these projects. So we'll start with the bridge because it was really the best project that came out closest to perfect. And what I want to get across to this, to you about this bridge thing was that I did a lot of research on buying a bridge before I built one. And so I got some, some ideas about what these things should look like and how they should be built by looking at other things that were already built. But what I really want you to get out of this one that I don't think I covered clearly enough yesterday was that in each stage of building this bridge, I did extensive research and watched multiple YouTube videos about each and everything that came up. For example, I did the plan. I, I drew the blueprint, exploded blueprint to 
built around what the bridge that I used to have had, and but I made it bigger, better, and stronger, okay? So that really wasn't a lot of research. That was pretty much just designing something that was stronger than what I had before, but same size and dimension type of thing. But where it came in different was, is that I researched what type of wood to make it out of. And uh, so I did a bunch of research into what would last the longest and hold up to the weather. Second thing I did was I looked at what kind of connectors to use. And I learned a tremendous amount, the stuff I'm going to be able to use in many more projects in the future about connectors, because in this day and age, they've got phenomenal connecting devices. Uh, and I call them connecting devices because they're not screws, they're not bolt, just bolts, just screws. There's combinations of things that are unbelievable. And I then decided to look up, I even looked up how to do, um, oh, what are the dowels and dowel connections. And I, I bought a dowel connector jig to do dowel connections. All kinds of stuff, right? A lot of research. Then I researched what type of uh, covering to put on it, um, what type of um, sealant. And so I did a lot of research and I came up with the, what looked to be the best. And then I researched how to put it on and how to apply it, whether to apply it by roller, by brush, or by spray rig. I elected the spray rig, seemed to be the best way to do it, but then I needed to have a place to do that, so I bought a spray tent, 25 by 15 or 20 wide, 25 wide long, and uh, set it up in my uh, motorhome garage, and that became my spraying area. And so I used all this equipment, I researched the equipment, I researched how to use the equipment, the spray came out perfect. Everything worked fine. I designed it in three parts that could be taken apart and carried because otherwise the thing would be too heavy. I designed a way to get it across the water, a delivery system, and we put it together. We ran into one thing I didn't plan on. When we were putting it together, my in my shop, my floor is perfectly flat. But when we got out there and we were putting this thing back together, it was on a sidewalk area uh, where the bridge would go across. It's a, a little area where you go up to the bridge, go over the bridge, and there's it's a path. And that was not perfectly flat, so I couldn't get the pieces to fit back together. So what I had to do was I had to shim the pieces up to where they were level and planier to each other. And that took a little experimentation, but there's one I hadn't planned for. I hadn't thought about the delivery system for putting it back together. But I got through it, got it across there, and boom, it's beautiful, okay? That one worked out great. That was the one little thing I ran into. Uh, let's go on to the next one, though, where I wanted to give put more detail into it, and that's the grocery stores. What I forgot to tell you yesterday about buying grocery stores is that I pondered this for a long time during COVID that, hey, the only thing that's staying open is grocery stores. And they can't, they're not telling people they can have free groceries. Like, they're saying you can have free rent, you don't have to pay your rent, you can't evict them. They're not saying you can't don't have to pay rent. They're saying we can't evict them. In the grocery store, they're not saying uh, you got to let them come in and steal all your groceries. So I figured grocery store seemed like a better business at the moment. And so I went out and bought seven grocery stores. And I did a lot of research. But the part I didn't tell you yesterday was I went and met with people that owned these things and had, you know, bought them lunch and spent hours to talking to them about the pros and the cons and how they did it, and what kind of prices you should get on these things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got a lot of inside information, you know, a lot of insight. And that's really why you join something like Lifestyles, is because we've got all that insight for apartment complexes and rental houses. And there's nothing, even watching YouTube videos, this surpasses that human-to-human -human contact when you're trying to do something new for the first time. 
because you get the ability for them to tell you what you don't know. When you're looking for something, an answer to something, a solution, you don't even know the right questions to ask. And when you sit down with a person and start having a verbal repartee, um, there's back and forth, and they go, you know, did you think of this point, or did you think of that point? Why did you do that? Not just do it that way. Why did you do it that way? Oh, I did it that way because of this, 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 and this. And X, Y, and Z may be as important as what, as what you did. Why you did it may be as important, because maybe on something I would be doing, the X, Y, and Z would be different, and the answer wouldn't be the same. And so it was important to get all that insight. Then once I got that insight, I then went out and found a commercial broker that specialized in these things. And I spent, again, hours with him on the phone, you know, joking with him, telling him, hey, I knew a lot about real estate, but nothing about grocery stores. And man, I need you to help me. I need you to walk me through this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to buy a lot of stuff, but, you know, you got to get me up to snuff here. And so he started walking me through. And I had a thousand questions on how to parallel. How how valuable was the length of the lease compared to the price that they were paying you the rent? Is it more important to get more rent or more important to get a longer lease? How important was it to have a new product instead of an old product? And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I got all that information from him a little bit at a time, but over three or four or five phone calls. I mean, I didn't just jump right into this is what I'm saying. And then when I finally got one, I had to set a value price limit that I was willing to say, I'm not willing to pay more than this amount for something so that I get this return. I need to hit this kind of a return to be happy with being in this business. And so he you know, sort of walked me through that and what you can and can't get. And we started looking at what you could and couldn't get in certain types of product. And he really got me sharp on what it was that I was looking for. So sharp that after I bought one, I went right ahead and bought six more. I mean, it was just like boom, 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 because I knew exactly what I wanted. Now, here is the other point I didn't get to you yesterday that I wanted to get across, and I think is very important before we go to break here, and that's this. Once I started buying them one, two, three, four, five in a row like that, there's only three brokers to sell these things in the country. Three brokers to sell them. And I know two of those brokers. And when I started buying these things, all of a sudden people go, wow, these things are hot. I was destroying my own markets, what was happening. And all of a sudden, the cap rates started going down. In other words, the rate of return I could earn started going down. Minuscule amounts. But each time, it was like, well, I wonder if we could get more from this guy and or anybody else. Because I was now setting a demand level, a demand curve for these things. And anybody else who wanted to get in that market was up against me, and they started bidding us against each other. And lo and behold, here we are, now a year later after I started doing this. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to show you how bad I messed the market up. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. If you're just tuning in with us, I'm doing a uh, follow-up on yesterday's show. I'm going to call it The Slow is Fast, Fast is Slow, and How to Start New Projects 2. I'm just filling in the blanks of the information I didn't get across yesterday that I wanted to cover. So I'm now on the grocery store adventure, and I just explained that I bought seven of these things over last year. And as I did it, everything seemed to work out fine. I only ran into one or two little hiccups. That were things I just didn't understand in other states. The laws are different in other states, and there's all kinds of different regulations and codes and fees and stuff. But, you know, there's really no way to know all that stuff until you actually go and do it. I probably could have researched each state a little bit better, but it was one of these things where I felt like I was up against the gun because the prices were starting to go up as I was buying these things. They were going up very rapidly. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I like to joke and think that uh, it was because I was buying so many of them, the brokers. And there's only three brokers that sell this stuff in the whole country. Those guys got together and said, hey, this Dell guy is a rich guy and he's buying a lot of this stuff. We better start jacking the prices up or he's going to buy it all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or something. I don't know. But the bottom line is when I started out, uh, I was being able to buy stuff at a six and a half cap rate, and now the things are down to a four and a half cap rate. I mean, they've gone from what we used to buy Class C apartments for, uh, you know, there was very, very low price, to what we now pay for Class A apartments, a very, very high price for these commercial buildings. And it, it really amazed me. So, you know, I'm sitting here now, and again, I would like to buy more of them, but some reason, the demand has driven the price up to where they're not as profitable as they were, so I have to rethink that, or maybe I go find something else I'm going to buy. You know, I might buy auto mechanic shops. I might buy um, coffee places. Who knows? But the, the bottom line is, in fact, I'm looking at an apartment complex today to buy. So I might buy another apartment complex. The bottom line, though, is what I'm trying to get across to you is that I did a tremendous amount of research, but once I got all the research done... I had experts around me so that I could move rapidly. In fact, my attorney contacted attorneys in each state where we bought these. uh, So he paid another attorney to assist him. um, And he's been my real estate attorney for 30 years now. Uh, He paid in each state somebody that would verify that the laws in that state were and that we were doing it correct and everything. So that all worked out well. Like I said, though, prices went up. Now, let's talk next about buying the tools. The commercial tools thing is really 
it's a very joyous thing because I got the tools now, but it's a disaster. And here is a situation where you think you've planned it all out, you think you've researched it all out, but you don't know the questions you don't know. That's the problem in life, is you really don't know what you don't know. And so the first thing I did was I, I, I went around and I decided that I was going to buy some, redo all my tools. I deserved it. I had money. It's very minuscule compared to what I make. In fact, to completely redo my entire shop is less money than I make in a week. All right? That's just to give you an idea what percentage of money it cost me to do this thing. Uh, but it's a lot big, big equipment and pretty expensive. I just happen to have a lot of money. So what happened was, as I'm going through this, I start by looking at the best equipment I could find in what we'll call the hobby shop environment. In other words, the best tools in, in the hobby environment, there's the cheap knockoff tools, then there's the quality big name tools. But even the quality, what happens with the quality big name tools, you're paying a big price for a generally good tool, but it's not an industrial tool. So, like for instance, I had a six inch joiner, that's where something that flattens wood. The big one out there on the market was like an 8-inch joiner. I ended up getting a 12-inch joiner as an industrial joiner. Five horsepower. My old one was like half one horse. The nice one, the biggest one that wasn't industrial was like two horses. And I bought one that's five horse. That's the difference, man. Huge difference. So I, I bought these big tools, new bandsaw, new joiner, new table saw, industrial drill and milling machine, which I didn't even know it was a milling machine. I just thought it was a really cool drill press. But it's a milling machine also. And I got a planer. My planer was a, that I have right now is like a 14-inch planer. And the big one out there that you could get with these other companies maybe would be 16 inches. And uh, I got a 20-inch uh, planer. So it's industrial size. So I researched all these, and I ran into this one company that sells wholesale, which takes the middleman. It actually takes two people out. There is the builder. Then there is the distributor warehouse type people and then there is the dealer and then you buy it right so there's all these people getting paid in between on this stuff and this guy decided he was just going to not do any of that and go and sell directly to the public when i found that out and i started seeing the price of his tools first of all he has all those tools from the bottom end up for hobbyists but he had these industrial tools. And what I was seeing was, for the price of the high-end hobbyist tool, I was able to buy an industrial tool. And man, I went crazy. I said, I got to have this. That's the way to go. I was willing to pay that over here to be in the high-end hobbyist tools. To be able to go to these very large industrial tools for the same price, I got to go there. So that was my research, and that was where I felt I had made it. I'd gotten it done. I'd researched, and I'd found the best deal, the best product, the best price, and really probably one of the best service companies also. But that's where it ended, right there. They had said they're going to send them to me, and the truck was going to be a semi. And I go, you can't drive a semi into my subdivision. It can't take trucks that long. Said they were going to park it outside my house.
My house has about 100 foot driveways on three different sides. I've got an industrial driveway. I've got a service driveway and then two regular front driveways. And you can't get a semi up that. And they were going to leave it down at the bottom of that on crates and uh, pallets. And I don't have a pallet jack, so I would have had to go buy a pallet jack. And I was looking at buying a pallet jack. I finally just called the delivery company up and said, look, can you put those onto a smaller truck that can drive into my subdivision with a lift? Uh, and I had to pay a lift fee of like 35 bucks to get a different truck that had a lift that could lift them down onto the ground. And that truck was small enough that it could drive into my service driveway up the back where it's not going under my portacache. It's a, just an entrance designed just for that, for service and getting my motorhome in and out of there. So with that said, I was able to get the guy to take the stuff off and use his pallet jack to move them inside my shop. Problem solved, right? So I was very happy about that. I thought I'd got it. Then I started taking these things apart. And then I found out what I didn't know that I didn't know. I started taking these things apart and I didn't realize that they don't come completely together. You've got to build these things. And I was like, my gosh. See, these are industrial machines. They get dropped off at industrial places where there are engineers and people who use the machines every day, take them apart and build them every day. So it was easy for them. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. This is where it gets interesting. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. The Del Wamsley Radio Show, if you're just tuning in, this is a second part of a two-part radio show called Slow is Fast, Fast is Slow, How to Start New Projects. And I'm explaining how much preparation should go into starting any type of a new project that's an intense project, probably any kind of project, but especially one that's going to have a lot of money involved and so forth. And I've talked about two already, about building a new bridge and about buying seven grocery stores. Now I'm going to have been talking about buying all, completely retrofitting my uh, shop with industrial tools. Before we went to break, I was talking about the fact that um, we had these things shipped in. And when they got here, I found out, my gosh, they're not put together. Because these are industrial tools going to factories, and the people in the factories know how to put these things together because they put them together, take them apart, rebuild them, and clean them every day. That's no big deal. I had to figure out how to put these things together. But before we even go there, I want to take a step back because I forgot another part. While I had ordered these things, I realized they, they all ran on different electrical circuits. I didn't realize how different those electrical circuits were because in my brain, 240 was 240. In fact, I used to call it 220, but now I found out it's 240. So I called an electrician company, had him come in and rewire my shop for 240. So I had a bunch of new circuits put in so I could hook these machines up, plug them in. 
and they put them all put all the circuits in. Well, then what I found out was is that, and I just happened to see something or read something in the manual, whatever, when I was starting to put this together, where it's saying it doesn't come with a plug or a cord. And I'm thinking, why does it come with a plug or a cord? That doesn't make any sense. Everything else I buy has a plug and a cord. Well, it turns out that industrial pieces of equipment are usually bolted to a ground in a certain spot in the factory, and then they're hardwired, and there is no plug. They're just hardwired right into the circuitry. Wow, I didn't want to do it that way because I want to be able to plug it and move it. I got them all, all on rollers, and these things are 1,200-pound machines, and I got them on rollers so they can roll around the place so I can rearrange my shop, put the stuff I'm not working with out on the side, and get out in the middle and get it done. But there's no cords. So I decided I got to go and find cords. Well, meanwhile, the electricians have come in and put in all the electrical outlets. Well, when I started looking up what kind of cords and what kind of plugs they needed, going back to the the person that sold me the equipment, the, the company, I find out that there's three different types of plugs. And, oh, by the way, not a single one of those plugs fits the sockets, the 240 sockets that the electrician put in. The electrician put in four-prong sockets. Now, there are one kind of cord and socket for motorhomes. There's one kind of cord and socket for your dryer. There's one kind of cord and socket for your stove. And apparently, one kind of cord and socket for a welder and one kind of cord and socket for tools. And even within tools, there's 30-amp tools that take a one kind of socket. And there are 20-amp tools that take another kind of socket. Blow my mind. Now I'm sitting here, what the heck do I do? So I call back to electricians. I tell them, look, you put in the wrong stuff. And by the way, I'd given them all the equipment specs. I'm thinking like a fool that just because they're electricians and they know exactly what they're doing and they understand all this and they're, you know, the pros, that they would read those specs and put the right sockets in, right? The right wall sockets in. But they go, no, we just put what we put in everything. We put these standard four prongs because that's what dryers use. And you know, that's the standard thing we're putting in 224s is, is for a dryer or for a stove. And they're a four prong type outlet. And I'm like, my gosh, we, can you come back and put the kind I need in? And so they agreed. They were nice enough to come back and retrofit those plugs. But then those plugs are smaller plugs than those big four-prong plugs. So now the hole they'd cut in the wall to put the box in was too big. They put a smaller box in to fit my plugs. And guess what? Now i got holes in the wall next to the plug. Now i got to get a sheetrock guy to come in and redo the sheetrock. Had to do that anyway, though, because they had cut holes in the wall to be able to run the lines anyway. So big project, but big mistake. I got through it, but it was just a whole lot of time. And this is why I say slow is fast and fast is slow. If I could have figured all this stuff out before we started, this thing could have, they could have had the electrical done. I could have moved the machines in, set them up, and been going. But no, I had to get the machines, figure out how to put them together, figure out I don't have cords, reorder cords and plugs, wait for the cords and plugs to show up a couple days, a week later, two weeks later, whatever. And then all of a sudden, then get the electrician back in a week later to get the electrician to come back in. We're talking about two months to get these machines up and going, at least. And that's what I mean by fast is slow. I ordered those things fast, not knowing what I was doing, had no idea of what I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know is a saying I love because I didn't know that I didn't know anything about these machines and what it was going to take to get them up and going. So I pitter-pattered through and figured out how to build each of the machines as I was doing that. I found one of them was broken. I had to go back to them and say, hey, one of these machines is broken. I need uh, a replacement part. And to put the replacement part on, I found out I had to take the whole darn machine apart. 
I mean, I go, you got to be kidding me. You, you guys don't have a service department, somebody, or a service company you could send me? I'll pay to get this machine put back. No, we don't. Everybody we sell to takes care of their own machines. I'm buying industrial equipment. I'm a dumb dude with a home shop. What a mistake. But what's the outcome to that mistake? The outcome to that mistake is I had to take almost every piece of equipment apart or put it together. In one case, take it apart and put it together in the one where there was a broken part. What that did for me is to give me an innate understanding of what I'm actually working with. And guys, for the first time, I swear to you, I've been working with woodworking projects. I've had woodworking in my life for 30 years, 40 years. Actually, since high school, I was doing woodworking. And for the first time ever, I actually understood how these machines were put together and how they actually worked and how to adjust them correctly. Now, you can turn them on. You can adjust how far they cut, that kind of stuff. But literally to make sure everything is in parallel, in plane, in planier as they call it, make sure everything is got the right tension, that everything is flat. It just how to put these things together right to where they work like a dream. And then you know what I realized? With all of my old equipment, I started seeing things I could do with it. Because the smaller pieces of equipment would allow me to have some different things set up all the time, but I realized I had never set these pieces of equipment up correctly. And I started tinkering with them. All of a sudden, the old pieces of equipment became 20, 30, 40, 50% more effective for me. Maybe even 100% more effective. I had never changed the speed of my drill press. I didn't know that you could. And all of a sudden, I knew how to change the speed on the drill press. I mean, it's just a million things that I learned. I just didn't know how they worked. And being forced to go through all this has changed my game, man. My woodworking game has changed 100%. The other thing that you don't realize is that as you each thing you develop, you then develop a parallel skill. For example, with all these big, giant pieces of equipment, you can't, my little teeny um, dust collection system, just couldn't handle the output of these machines. So I had to go and change and put on the HEFA filters, these big filters that take out 99.9% of everything in the air, dust filter, and hook up, go from two and a half inch hose, dust collection hoses, to five inch hose collection. Now my dust collector at the largest can go up to four, so I had to get reductions from the machine from five to four, but still I went from two and a half to four, I increased the capacity. I had about 700 square inches of vacuum capacity. I went up to like 2,000 square foot of vacuum capacity. And then I put on a separator, which takes all the heavy chips out because I was filling my bag up with dust about every two or three hours. It was full. So I put a separator on so all the big dust comes out, falls in a giant barrel. You just wheel it away and throw it away. And only the fine dust goes into the dust collector. All hours of reading about on the internet, watching YouTube videos, how to do this. And I rebuilt my entire dust collection system. And now it's perfect. It's unbelievable. Every machine has a dust collection system for each machine and they work perfectly. I could not believe it. I mean, I'm cleanly as freak. After I work on a project, I clean and clean and clean and clean. But in this situation, literally the shop was clean after doing projects. I couldn't believe it. Very minimal cleanup some dust and stuff left on top of the machines that didn't get sucked into the vents. My friends, the level of understanding of what I'm doing now by going through the process, not knowing what I didn't know, but then following it up and learning it, that process has made me a 10 times better woodworker. 
Dell will be back in a moment. But first, this intel from the files of Dell Wamsley. When you have a race, the only guy that wins is number one. Two is not a winner, and three no one remembers. That's a rap song from somebody. Nelly, I think. And you have to realize is that what really pays in life is that last 10% of effort. But if you're doing the wrong thing, even that Superman effort isn't going to get you the results. I think Vince Lombardi said it best. Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. I think that's the real uh, point that needs to be heard. And so if you go out there and you're practicing that which doesn't work, doing more of that which doesn't work doesn't improve your life by a significant amount. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. If you're just tuning in right now, today's show is the second installment of Slow is Fast, Fast is Slow, and How to Start a New Project 2. And uh, basically what this show is doing is filling in the information and facts I couldn't get out in show one about how to get started in a new project, how to work your way through a project, how when stuff in this last segment has been, how stuff goes wrong in projects, how do you keep going, how do you get through them, and what, what does it usually you know, end up doing for you in the long run. And so now in this last segment, I want to cover the fact that after I went through all this stuff and built all these tools out and learned all about electricity and electrical and hookup and power, and then uh, being able to set things correctly and had a whole new understanding of this stuff. And so, you know, I had researched how to paint, I'd researched how to do all different kinds of things so that I could set these tools up. And when I got to the end, what I found out was interestingly enough that I was researching my drill press, I found out my drill press was also a milling machine. Now, if you don't know what a milling machine is, I didn't really understand what a milling machine was either. It's something that can cut metal or wood, but let's just talk about metal for a second. Cut metal in precise measurements. And with a little contraption that I had to buy for a couple hundred dollars more, you can put a table on, it's called an XYZ table, where you can mill things to minuscule detail. I mean, thousands of an inch detail. And basically with that, you can make almost anything you can think of. It's uh, other than having a CNC machine where the computer actually runs it. You're actually doing what a CNC machine does, but you're doing it by hand with these little cranks on each side of this XYZ table where you can go left, right, or up or down with these controls or front and back and left and right and up and down. And so I I never had a mill before and it's really exciting. (laughs) So I found out more research that you need certain kinds of tools for a mill. You need certain kind of lubricants for the mill to cut this metal so you don't burn up your ch- your tools and so forth. So I researched all that. I haven't started buying that stuff yet, but I'm setting myself up mentally to get ready to do that. But then it started me thinking, if I have milling capabilities and I already know how to weld and I have 240 hookup for my welder, all I need is to go and get an I want to get a good welder, and then I have a, this new giant bandsaw that I bought, 20-inch bandsaw, can be converted to a metal bandsaw, because my, even my smaller bandsaw had a blade for metal, 
for it. So maybe what I'll do is I'll leave my big bandsaw for wood projects and so forth, and I'll take my small older bandsaw and just put a metal blade on there, which I already have, and leave it on there, and now I've got a metal bandsaw. So with a metal bandsaw, I can cut metal to any shape I want, I can mill it to whatever dimensions I want, and then I can weld it together. And then, of course, you can bolt things together. You can weld things together. So another what I'm saying to you is I can build just about anything. Then if it needs padding re- or structure around it, I can build frames. And I've done this before. I've built metal frames and then used wood on top of them. Uh, but the frame, the metal frame, was the underlying structure because it was much more rigid and weighed less than the amount of wood I'd need to use to get that kind of strength. Bottom line, now I can build just about anything. And that's exciting to me because, you know, I'm at that retired age where you, your hobbies are everything. And I've got my train hobby, and I've got this hobby, and I've got my fish hobby, raising fish, and I've got our pets, and I've got my wife, and we got our kids, and my day is just as busy as it ever was. In fact, probably busier. But what I want you to get out of all this is that what are you going to do in 2022? What are you going to do this year coming up? And if you're listening to this a year from now, In 2023 or 2024, what are you going to do this year? You, to change your life, have to change what you do. Remember this saying I came up with a long time ago. You are what you do. Somebody defines you. Tell me about your dad. He's a fireman. Is he a good father or a bad father? Well, whatever he is, that's what he is. He's a good dad or bad dad. That's something you do. You are what you do, and you have what you've done. And if if you keep on doing what you're doing, you're going to keep on having what you have. And if you want to change that, you've got to do something different. And if you're going to do something different, that means you're doing something you have no idea how to do. And that is what this two days was about. How do you start a new project in your life and not destroy it? That's the key. And I think if you take these two radio shows and you record them and keep them, Anytime you start a new project, I want you to go back to these two radio shows, these two podcasts, if you listen to this on the podcast. I want you to go back to these two and listen to both of them again, because they will give you insights into what you're going to run into and run up against, and how you should start, and how detailed your search for information should be, and how that information search should spread out from the middle. In other words, it's got to spread out because you don't know what you don't know. And that's the key. If you spread out your questions and you keep following out these little rabbit holes of things you don't know, you'll find out what you don't know and solve a whole lot of problems. Maybe you won't run into getting the wrong electrical system put into your house because you didn't know about the three different types of electrical plugs. Maybe you won't run into that problem. You would have figured that one out in advance. Those are the kinds of things that if you research things correctly, that you should be able to get through this in a much better situation. And that, if it works out well for you, was well worth these two days spent together talking about my great successes, my moderate successes, and my little setbacks. And each of those setbacks was an opportunity to learn and grow. But I sure would have rather figured it all out up front or had a mentor that I could have gone to that would help figure it all out in advance. Because remember, guys, We can have money, but money isn't everything in life. It's what money buys us that's important. Security, safety, happiness, whatever it is, that's what's important. Now Intel from the files of Dell Wamsley. I got back into real estate about 1997, 98. It was the first year I ever bought a house. And I bought a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage house 
for $25,000. I didn't pay $25,000 for the house. I put $2,000 down out of my pocket to buy the house. It was 10% down, which was $2,500, $500 to closing costs, which was $3,000. But the tenant, before I moved in, the broker had leased the house and he gave me at closing a check for $500 for the rent plus $500 for the security deposit. So I had $1,000, I only brought $2,000 to the table. Now, that house today is worth in excess of $150,000. So remember always, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. And if you keep that in mind, you're gonna have a great life. Have a great day, we'll see you tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.